0: Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. This week we watched Blade Runner, the final cut. Joining me this week are Ben, Cameron, Zach, and Carlos. And to start this thing off, I'm gonna pass it over to Carlos. He's gonna give us our drink for this
1: week. Thanks everyone for tuning in again for another week. This episode we are taking a look at the soaked in blue cocktail and here's what you're going to need for this drink you're going to need three ounces of gin one ounce of blue curacao one ounce of fresh lime juice one dash of orange bitters and a dash of angostura bitters i thought this this cocktail was pretty uh pretty tasty a little uh zingy but uh boys what'd you think
0: um not really a fan to be honest uh, as I get further into the cocktail, there's, uh, more citrus, but, you know, the first couple sips, I just, it was kind of like, it didn't really taste like
1: much. I, I don't know. I mean, for, there's certain, there's certain cocktails like with gin that I definitely really like. Um, you know, this, this is actually a surprising one was one of them. I, you know, I was worried because of the blue Curacao, but actually wasn't bad.
2: I actually like this one a bit, um. Yeah, like you said, it is very gin-heavy. It's it is very gin heavy. It's got three parts gin to, like, two parts anything else. So this is actually pretty close to, like... This is actually, in my opinion, just a slightly better martini, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty good. It's got... Um, it, it's definitely, like, front-heavy dry. Uh, but then once... I think once you, like, sip it and put it back, I think it you, you definitely get more of the, like citrusy the the lime and uh the bitters and stuff like that um
0: i wish i tasted more of the gin i feel like it's there a little bit but you i feel so? like other drinks i've had has accentuated the i don't really like gin,
2: gin that bit much bit well maybe i do and i just haven't had it in the right cocktail although i will say i'm not doing london dry gin i'm actually using american gin so it is slightly mm-hmm. different there i'm using a bee feeder which is what they the, recommended yeah the guy recommended but
1: got that Tankeray.
0: Oh, it's fancy over here. <laughs> Mr. Tankeray.
1: <laughs> so, listeners, if you decide to make yourself a soaked in blue cocktail, go ahead and send us a picture on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod and use hashtag Cocktails and Classics. Or if Twitter is your thing, tweet us at CocktailsClass. We'd love to see how your soaked in blue cocktail came out and what you thought of it. If you're interested in making this drink, be sure to check out the show notes below for the recipe. And if you haven't seen the movie Blade Runner, sit back, sip on this week's cocktail, the Soaked in Blue, and enjoy the show. There will be spoilers from here on out, so heads up. Otherwise, continue on for our post-movie discussion. This week, we watched
0: Blade Runner, The Final Cut, uh, directed by Ridley Scott, based off the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, Um, music by Vangelese, cinematography by Jordan Cronworth, um harrison ford stars rutger Hauer, uh sean young emmett walsh who i never realized was in this movie brief plot summary is uh in the 21st century a corporation develops androids to be used as slaves in colonies outside of the earth identified as replicants in 2019 a former police officer is hired to hunt down a fugitive group of replicants living undercover in los angeles this movie was nominated for two Oscars, Best Art Direction, Set Direction, and Best Effects, Visual Effects. Um, currently sits at an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and it is number 169 on the top 250 on IMDb. Cameron, do you think Deckard is a replicant?
2: No. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. I think... So, I should say for starters, I think this is one of those movies that um, I would benefit... That's the question I asked. I don't care because <laughs> this is... No, this is what I... It relates. So, uh, <laughs> no, I think this is one of those movies that after this discussion at some point, I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I just don't think I got it. I don't think I understood the movie because like to me... Just don't get it. Dude. I just didn't see yeah, any... Just
3: don't get it. <laughs>
2: I didn't see any indications that he was a replicant um, throughout the movie, but I'm sure they were there. I just probably didn't notice it or pay attention just because I was trying to figure out the plot more so than like the little hints and clues that might have been left uh, that show that he might be a replicant. But I don't know. That wasn't my takeaway from it. So if you want a little, a, a little
0: hint to here. All right. Yeah. So, um, at one part, Deckard is sleeping. Uh, this is like the big the big giveaway one, is Deckard is sleeping and he dreams of a uh, unicorn running through the woods. And then at the end, the uh, gaff, I believe is his name, the uh, other cop leaves that little origami unicorn uh, on the grounds. And it's kind of like, oh, because all of... All of uh, Rachel's memories are implanted, right. so like they know the plot line to them, and it's like kind of insinuating that like oh they know that like he has these dreams and memories of like unicorns and right. other things. The other the other one is like I believe when he's at Tyrell, uh, Tyrell asks him, or Rachel one asks him, has he ever taken the the test? Rachel asks him, yeah, himself. Um, and I, kind of the theme of the movie almost is is kind of semi like free will like he has this mission to like go do this thing and and that's like literally what replicants are is that they're set to do this this one mission and like once he does his thing and he takes care of these replicants he's he's done you know
2: yeah i'm not sure about that (laughs) i mean there is a second movie right and he's in that one and replicants only have a shelf life of four years right like they only last four years i think yeah well but if he's a new model i guess do they address that in the in the new movie it is
0: i i mean i don't want to spoil it for you maybe we watch it on another one or maybe you watch it on your own um but yeah i i won't i won't spoil anything for the new movie. okay just because
2: there's there's, more to it. Gotcha. So, yeah, I don't think... I didn't come away from the movie thinking he was, but, I mean, what you're saying also makes sense. Like, those clues are interesting. But, again, like, those are just things I didn't pick up on.
3: Oh, so uh, Ridley Scott in an interview... Sir back in, uh, Ridley yeah, Scott, yeah, sorry, sir, oh, sir Ridley Scott. Uh, sir Ridley Scott said in 2007 that Deckard was 100% a replicant. However, Harrison Ford said, no way, Jose. So Interesting. Take that for what you will. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't.
2: I'm actually surprised that Harrison Ford had a strong stance on any character, because I feel like every interview I've ever seen with him, people <laughs> ask him questions, he's like, I don't give a fuck, I'm Dude, just in so it for nonchalant. the money. he does
3: not care. Right. At like, least d- it seems that way. Like just people, here to crash planes and survive.
2: Like, he always gets the question. Oh, <laughs> no. He always gets oh, the questions no. of, like,
1: uh, badass. I don't know, but, I, I mean, I feel like secretly I don't know if Harrison I Ford is uh is pretty deep. My uh, my brother actually ran into him at the Art Institute in Chicago, and uh, he was just kind of standing in front of this painting, just kind of mesmerized by the thing. And, he, and I was like, well, I'm like, did you go up and, like, say hi? He was like, no. He kind of just seemed, like, really deep. Like deep in thought about the painting, it was definitely not his first-hand account. He was first-hand lost, and he, he was <laughs> lost a... and
4: he
2: didn't know how to ask for help. Your brother <laughs> just left him stranded. And then everybody <laughs> stood up and clapped. <laughs> that painting's name, Albert Einstein. Yeah,
1: I never you know. That it was, it was like it was last year. I think he ran into him. Yeah. Was, yeah. So uh, I guess I guess that's that. Well, you that's can't, where he was you hiding can't say he ran.
4: 49. You can't say he ran into him. It's where he saw him at a at a museum, you could say he ran into him if he like went up and talked to him, but don't be like, Oh, I ran into Harrison Ford the other day. Oh, nice. Just,
3: we shot the shit, you know, you just saw some that, old white mean, guy standing looking at a painting. It wasn't even Harrison
2: Ford. I asked him who shot first and he said to go fuck myself. You know, those types of things. It's really weird. It was like this, me, you know, if you don't classic run. Classic Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is he apparently he's even asked many times. For star wars like who who shot first and he's like i don't care <laughs> he just tells them he doesn't care
0: yeah i don't I mean, know if he's maybe super he, deep he, sure. in like other movies he cares yeah. about
1: more he's really got a way of uh, sometimes rationally detaching from his characters <laughs> or like people ask
2: him why he did his most recent movie which is the dog one where he like called the pet wild. The, like the human as if it was a dog <laughs> and he's just like money that movie looks so bad <laughs> <laughs> they're like why did you do this movie Money. (laughs) He's
0: Mr. Krabs, essentially.
2: I like money. (laughs) You know what?
4: At least he's honest about it, and he's not one of those people that's like, "Why'd you do this shitty movie, man? It had a great script. I just thought it was going to be much better than it was." He's just straight up like, "Why'd you do this? I got paid. The fuck?" No, I, I respect
2: (laughs) it. I, I respect it for sure. Props. I definitely like that he's straightforward, and he's like, "I do this for money." Yep. So yeah, you like, well, guys I keep mean, paying me to do this stuff. I keep doing it. Yeah. Why do
0: you uh, guys? Do the dude was it? a fucking money machine in the in the like seventies and eighties. He oh. was in like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner. <laughs> like,
1: but, come on! Uh, but all of those, he was probably like, oh, it's five o'clock. I'm going home. <laughs> Let's be honest.
0: Star Wars Episode Seven, he kind of phones it in.
1: I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he wanted much to, much to
2: die. Do. This is way divergent, but he wanted Han to die in five. <laughs> he tried to convince George Lucas to kill him off in Episode Five. Please, please George, please.
0: There's another opportunity. They're paying a lot more money. George, please.
2: I feel like it was more so. It makes more sense for the character to die here. But you he probably also maybe wanted to do something. Else I've got a him.
4: giant movie contract with Paramount on the table. I really need you to kill me off in this one.
2: How about no? <laughs> I, could, I could. No, no, no. See no Harrison, him just like dead. You got to come back for Episode Seven. I can't kill you off. Episode seven, we're making more of these things. We're not even on three yet. No, no, no. This is six.
0: (laughs) They should have just done the solo movie, but had Harrison Ford do it as, like, as an old man and just play it off like he's (laughs) like he's
1: he's in his (laughs) twenties. His his hair is clearly like spray painted brown.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, they got to do a CGI like the Irishman, you know. Oh no,
0: (laughs) Cameron, you don't think Deckard is eight? a replicant but what were your initial thoughts on blade runner
2: yeah so like i said earlier i feel like i just didn't get it i don't know it was a fine movie um and it was shot really well but it was pretty slow and like i said i just i just don't think i understood the plot like the like the depth of it and it's definitely a movie that i would want to come back and watch after this discussion because like it wasn't bad it was just like Without more information on like kind of what to look for, I don't think I'd like watch it again.
0: I'm enjoying this because I told your wife that you would hate this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I, he, I
2: didn't hate it. He I just, did in fact I guess,
4: say that exact thing. He's gonna hate this movie.
2: Yeah, I don't. I didn't hate it. I just like I said, I just didn't understand it. Maybe I don't know. I'm willing to at least give it that. But I just don't think I got it. So.
0: I'm just gonna come out and say I fucking love this movie. Um, (laughs) We're just gonna get that out of the way because I'm gonna fucking gush over it. All right.
3: Uh, What? I mean,
0: it just combines it combines everything I freaking love though. Like I love noir films. I love like hard sci-fi. I I love the cinematography. I love the synth score. You you put it all into one nice neat package for me and and mailed it to me. Dylan will take
4: I, that package uh, yeah. all mm. night long. There mm, were So
3: tasty. See, I like the score too, but there were times where it, it just felt like too much. Like when he's initially interviewing Rachel and they're at that table yeah. and it's like, I don't know if I need this right now. It yeah. it feels like there's so much more to that scene too. I mean, maybe it's the final cut,
0: but it, it's like, he's like asking a question and then changes the question or it kind of cuts to the end of it, and it. Like, it seems like all this time's passed. And they're like, ooh, he's asked a hundred questions. I was like, yeah. yes, like three. Yeah, it didn't, I know. It didn't it seem would, like a lot. It
4: would like fade out and fade back in, and he was just finishing the same question, but it made it seem like there was supposed to be a giant time jump. Okay, I'm glad to know I wasn't the only person that
2: was taken aback by that. <laughs> you know, for, a, for an era that loved montages, that scene really could have used a montage.
0: <laughs> we need a montage. Montage. <laughs> he's like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> It's like airplane when he when he's like <laughs>
1: sitting in the cockpit, just just gushing water.
2: Just wanted to let you know we're all counting on you. <laughs> I have had not
4: seen this movie. Okay. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? I found it very much like you. I'm a huge fan of like a, a noir type film. Um, I'm not huge into sci fi, but. Uh, I I do enjoy sci-fi like like Zach said the sin score sometimes got a little much for me but overall yeah I, I really enjoyed it um I liked the plot line I'd read the book in in college so I kind of knew what was going on I knew what to expect uh but to see it visually I was just kind of shocked that I hadn't seen even like really clips or anything of it that gave me an idea of what i was expecting walking into it the uh
0: the book differs a bit from the movie correct
4: yeah yes it does decker does kind of the same thing where he interviews like rachel and that but um in the end like spoiler for a book that's been out for (laughs) since 1968 if you haven't read it i don't really care anymore um but like you're out a spoiler territory <laughs> yeah, i think i think i'm safe um but in the end of the book like so deckard is married he's i think his wife is still around um he buys her like this goat which is the whole thing of of sheep and in the end rachel kills like his pet goat and then his wife's, like, super brokenhearted. And then she just disappeared. It's like, oh, okay. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's it's weird. I think it's, um, like, a big difference, too, is, like, the fact that in the movie, like, Deckard stops and is, you know, basically keeps trying to coax Rachel to be with him, right? That's.
0: Oh, that's in the movie.
4: Yeah. In the book, it's the opposite. She she reluctantly agrees to meet with him but then she keeps like coaxing him into into like you know sleeping with her and then uh she basically comes out and says that most of the bounty hunters that have um most of the bounty hunters that come after her she sleeps with to try to get them to not kill her as one does which you know is subsequently what he does and then leaves which is great you know he just cheats on his wife and just heads back, whatever.
0: I will say one interesting thing I read, um so Cam had brought this up to me. Um and I never really noticed it, but it is kind of a detractor for me from the film a little bit, is the scene with Rachel and Deco no. where
2: God Deckard I hated that
0: of, scene. It's it's kind of uncomfortable. I mean, it's gonna be wishy-washy because it is like sci-fi and it's maybe man and robot kind of thing and she is very like android humanoid in an article reading about that scene which is kind of rapey very uncomfortable um which i mean may may trigger people it is kind of like it was
2: uncomfortable for me watching it and i was like oh my god this is so Like, I felt dirty watching it, because it was just... I don't know.
0: But the article I read was talking about how uh, Deckard is actually the villain of the film. Interesting. And And that Roy
2: is the hero. Oh, I like that. You know, I can... No, I can sympathize with that. I can sympathize with Roy. I mean, he definitely murders people, but he just wants to live, right? And, like, he wants... Oh, that he also wants that one girl that he's with to live. Chris, yeah, yeah. So he just well, wants to cure is that kind of a cure, if you will, for their like terminal illness. Yeah, like
0: Roy has this family that he's like built. He has people who like enjoy his company and his presence. Yeah, um, like yeah, their mission is literally just to like extend the life. Like, sure, they're like they're also killing people, but. Like, they just want to extend their life, and then you have Deckard, who is, like, the loner. Uh, he's, like, grumpy at the world, and he's chasing them down to, like, basically murder them one by one. Um, and, and he's not a good guy, necessarily.
3: Yeah, I like that a lot. Somebody should make a movie that is just Blade Runner, but from the other perspective, where Roy is leading, like, this revolution, this breaking out of the shackles of slavery and uh and trying to fight for that cure. That would be a good movie. It's a Blade Runner. But the other way around. Like maybe um, if you watch it backwards.
2: No, I think if, if there's just a there's a slight tonality difference if you if you frame if I think if you remade this movie and, and intentionally framed the replicants as the good guys, I think it would also still work. And you framed cuz like the movie kind of it it does frame Harrison Ford's character Decker as a good guy. Like that's how the movie's set up and you can draw your own conclusions like that might not be the case but i think you could make this movie the other way around and and think that the replicants are the side you want to be rooting for i do think that that is like a theme of the the noir genre though
0: is that you don't always necessarily side with the the main character or like the good guy uh, necessarily because they do stuff that is a little shady or they had like they don't really have the best morals, their like their moral compass is a little off.
4: Yeah, that is really kind of a huge feature in most noir movies. Is you walk away rooting for the main character, but you also walk away feeling like the main character is a total sleazeball.
1: Do the means justify the end?
0: Did anyone have any memorable scenes?
1: Uh, I think
3: the interrogation scene at the beginning with um. Which one of the replicants is Leon. that Leon? Yeah. Leon in Holden. Yeah, that's a pretty good intro to the movie. I like that a lot. And then you get the second perspective of uh Deckard analyzing the the film a couple times. I like that scene. I thought that was pretty good.
0: Well I, I like the whole intro. I think this it does a decent job at like world building. And in my sense, like I hate yeah, that's what I was gonna I hate say. books and like <laughs> movies that kind of like sit there and it's like, well, this is blah blah blah, and you like don't understand anything of what's going on. But this movie, I feel like, kind of like gave you what you needed to know. Here you go. Here's an interview, and and it just kind of jumps right into it. And I think it does just enough to to set you up for what you're about to see.
2: Yeah, I think I was gonna say that too. Is I think one of the things that. They do really well in this movie is world building like the aesthetic uh the setting um are just all like great and and they have uh scenes that aren't necessarily like necessary but they do kind of establish the world that you're in if that makes sense or like little things here and there where they interact with like random one-off characters um which again kind of just like isn't necessary per se but it does like help build the world that you're trying to you know, tell a story. In.
0: Yeah. And I love all the, like the Pan Am and like the Atari advertising. And... <laughs> yeah.
2: This game is a great ad for uh, cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to play Blade Runner, the video game, just wait a
1: couple more months until it gets delayed again. Any of the shots of like, when he's like out <laughs> in like the, like the street or out in like the world, it, it, uh, for some reason, it reminds me of like, um, like the, the cityscape where uh, Ron Perlman is in uh, Pacific Rim. Oh yeah, uh, just like w- with all like the neon and stuff, like it, it just like it made me yeah. think of that. Just I, I mean, I love Pacific Rim, but <laughs> <laughs> I know Dylan's gonna probably hate hate me. But it's
0: it's almost like modern Tokyo in a sense. Yeah, yeah it's like, exactly like you neon, you see it. super crowded streets. It is
2: twenty
1: nineteen, right? Like neon. <laughs> <kind> of, like, <laughs> this it, movie should be taking. It's place got like a little bit year. of maybe like like a uh, like, yeah like the Pacific Rim feel, and then also like a uh, like a little bit of like the newer uh, Total Recall kind of vibes
4: going off of i like how he said introducing i also just love the way we meet deckard to begin with where like he just like sits down at this like he's sitting there talking to the guy ordering his food and the cops come up they go to say something and he's like come on like tell him they they said you're a blade runner yeah (laughs) tell him i'm eating like and then when he goes to get in the cop car he's still eating the chinese food as he gets in
0: for me I think one of the best scenes is like the I guess you would call it battle like the final chase climactic ending that we have with uh Roy and and Deckard and he's like chasing him on the like roofs and everything and and Roy gives us like his his speech and it's I mean it's kind of sad like the speech of like mor- morality in a sense like he he reaches the end and he's like, I've seen these things and and all these moments are just going to be lost in time, like tears and rain and just dies. It's kind of anticlimactic in a sense, but it's also just
2: like, fuck, like
0: that's going to be us one day.
2: <laughs> are you a robot? Are you dying in four years or less? It, is someone else going to have your memories, Cam? I mean, not with that attitude. <laughs> I'm going to go out like Nixon, <laughs> put
3: my head in a jar, carry me around for a little bit. I'll just chit chat like that. The cinematography of this movie is fantastic. Um, the, the
0: neo-noir like harsh lighting, super moody, uh, the scene where they're interviewing Rachel and they've got the like water reflections on the wall behind them. Doesn't make sense in reality at all, but just looks so freaking good. Um, The scene where they kill Miss, uh, is it Salome? I believe the, uh, the snake. snake. Yeah. Yeah, the the snake lady. And she's like running through the like glass
3: and he like shoots her and the score kicks in. Oh, it's tasty. So tasty. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a painted backdrop. I really enjoy that.
2: And then they blend it in with the rain. It looks really good in this movie. Yeah. For an 80s movie, the, the yeah the the backgrounds and everything look great. There were only a some times where it was kind of like clear they either added CGI later or did some things where I was like yeah that doesn't look that great. But overall it was really good.
3: Like at the very beginning with
2: the uh, the, yeah, fire with the fire burn off towers yeah I was like
3: ugh looks like I made
2: that in Sony Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I I think they actually probably redid that one in the final cut or whatever in like 2007 too which makes it a little worse i will say two of my favorite movies
0: this and the thing both came out in the same year and i feel like both are look as good as the day i saw them and maybe that's because they did all the work practically and and it and it just kind of like is timeless
2: in a sense I
0: feel like you watch stuff with CGI from the 90s and it's kind of, you're like, oh.
2: Yeah, there was definitely, I mean, (laughs) the good thing about those movies is that without the movies that did CGI really poorly, we wouldn't have the movies today that do CGI really well because you have to have early adopters and investors in that technology for it to grow. But at the same time, there definitely is a period of time where uh, they stopped using like practical effects and they started trying to use like, you know, virtual effects and The result was pretty bad for like 10 years where it was like, that looks bad. (laughs) But again, without those, we wouldn't have the movies we have today, which are, which look, which like are, you know, are a lot of CGI, but also look like fantastic.
0: So this week's podcast is brought to you by Surfside Sips. They make high impact glass straws. They're a family owned company. And, and what's better than saving saving the turts you know
2: the and <laughs> the turts
0: <laughs> you know i'm one of those people who hates using paper straws paper straws fucking paper straws, suck, suck. i love the worst what solution. they do i love the that we're we're minimizing the use of plastic straws i enjoy that paper straws suck ass
2: they suck they're the worst possible solution because turns out guess what paper and water don't fucking mix okay i don't know who came up with it but it doesn't work even though even though they put coating on it to try and help it doesn't work it just gets soggy and you end up throwing it away anyway and that's just more waste and so but you know what doesn't get soggy glass yeah
0: glass straws from surfside sips and if you want to get some glass straws from surfside sips you can use coupon code cocktails and classics spelled out that's cocktails a n d classics for 20% off your
2: order and if you're looking for a business to support during this time, seems like a good idea. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. But essentially what it is, is every month you get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from their monthly selection. So Dylan and Zach, what are your experiences
3: with Audible? So, working from home nowadays, I recently used Audible to rip through one of my favorite book series. It's always great to go back and revisit some of your favorites.
0: And since we've recently done From Russia With Love, you could, could, check out some of Ian Fleming's books on Audible. Uh, They have Dan Stevens, Toby Stevens, uh, Damian Lewis, many great narrators read through Diamonds Are Forever from Russia With Love, Live and Let Die. So, Maybe you want to get into the James Bond novels as well as the movies.
2: To start your free 30-day trial, go to audibletrial.com slash cocktails and classics, all lowercase. Again, that's audible.com slash cocktails, A-N-D, classics. After your free trial is up, it costs 14.95 per month. However, there are no commitments, and if you can't decide what to listen to, that's okay. You can roll your credits over up to one year.
0: A little bit of a tradition around here is Zach takes over and gives us a trivia quiz. Zach, take it away.
3: I'm so proud of you guys. You guys didn't ruin any of my favorite questions. We did, we did go through a few, but um, all my favorites are still here. So let's go ahead and get started. We'll jump into the first one. Uh, during the movie, Decker has a snake scale examined underneath a microscope. What object was actually put underneath the microscope for the filming process? Was it a Harrison Ford's fingernail, b a marijuana bud, or c a snake
2: scale?
1: I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a is Harrison Ford's fingernail.
2: I'm gonna go with the meme answer and say it was a bud. <laughs> I mean, it is the 80s, so I... But was it that color? I don't remember if it was that color or not. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm still going to say that. I'm going to say a snake scale.
4: I'm going to go with the really meme answer and say that they actually <laughs> they used actually snake used... scale. I'm going to say they couldn't find a snake scale, but someone on the set had some pot, and someone went, hey, that kind of looks like snake skin. And so they went ahead and and threw it on the slide and threw it in the movie because <laughs> <Do> they, <look? laughs> because hey they couldn't find a snake hey man l- try it's you should try. totally examine this shit under a microscope
1: <laughs> you ever you know, see this awesome. in 4k
3: <laughs> so the logic
0: man, there is that they were some androids funniest shit
4: i ever seen <laughs> <laughs> man we're we're all
1: replicants so the logic there is that they
3: were uh blazed out of their mind right
1: watch those wrist rockets
0: it's like uh titanic where uh they like laced the uh the water on set and everyone got fucking (laughs) Uh, trashed on pcp or whatever what (laughs) yes the like final day on titanic some like one of the grips or something like spiked the water on set and so that everyone was tripping on PCP or no they like way. spiked the food or something. And <sighs> everyone was tripping on PCP the
2: whole like, last shit. day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Highly illegal, but yeah. kind of a funny yeah. story. Food <laughs>
2: Tampering is highly illegal. Do not do it kids. It's it is more, illegal. it's, it's frowned upon at, no, it best. is illegal. I think it's a federal
3: crime. Wouldn't do it. Either way. I tried to give you guys three solid meme answers. Um, but ben and Cameron, you are correct. It was a marijuana yeah, bud. I don't know the backstory, but I want to believe that Ben had the inside scoop and he
2: gave us the deal on that one.
1: <laughs> I want to believe it belonged to Harrison Ford. He's
2: not the only one that gave a deal.
3: <laughs> All right. So we got uh, two ties here. We got Ben and Cam at one point, and Carlos and Dylan tied at zero points, bringing Classic. up the loser section. All right.
2: Classic Dylan.
3: Oh. Bucky. <laughs> Alrighty. Knows the most
2: about movies, but not about trivia. Movie does not know about trivia.
3: Movie, yeah. yeah. All right.
2: So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> who's the real? I meant who's what the I real said.
1: Idiot now.
3: Oh, <laughs> ah, who in. dumb now? Oh, who no. dumb now.
1: How the turntables? <laughs> All
3: dumb right. In? So, question number two: uh, the ending scene of Decker picking up the piece of origami was not well received by the studio. So, the U.S. theatrical cut of the movie. Instead, contains some unused footage from another film that has already been covered by the Cocktails and Classics podcast. But which film? A. The Shining. B. Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or C.
2: Ghostbusters. Um.
1: I'll say, I'll say The Shining.
2: Uh, I'll say Indiana Jones. I feel like that makes the most sense, but yeah, like you want to say Indiana Jones because Harrison yeah. Ford, yeah. And Ford, yeah be like oh you want this ending i know why we shot some scenes
0: spielberg's like yes i can supply you with the ending that you forgot to
4: do sir ridley scott
0: i'm gonna say the shining
4: my guess is it's the shining and it's the building blowing up and it's from when they shot the boiler explosion for the ending of the shining but didn't use it
3: Ben is like going fucking ham tonight. He's going what? deep. He is going ben real deep. Is to the details, the memes.
2: What's the answer?
3: Carlos, Ben, and Dylan have the answer. It is the Shining. Dang. However, it is it is not that scene. It oh. is uh the the film that was used is actually from the intro, the helicopter flyover of the car driving down the road. Um, but there's no footage in. Uh, Blade Runner of the car itself. It's just a helicopter flying over the mountains.
2: Why the hell was that in the movie?
3: Uh, the studio thought it was better than the end where it's like the twist of Decker being a replicant. They they have this nice monologue. Roy's monologue kind of fades as you just get this helicopter shot over top of the mountains.
2: That sounds bad.
3: Didn't make the final cut, so...
2: All right, it doesn't make Wait. any sense.
3: Uh, Speaking of cuts, uh, question number three. How many different cuts of this movie exist? Is it A, 2, B, 4, or C, 7? Officially or? Official cuts of the
1: movie. I'd like to think four.
2: I'm going to say seven. I think that there were seven cuts of this movie.
3: (laughs) Do you want to give us a very detailed reason why? Yeah, my dad's (laughs) uncle worked for Facebook. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 40 years before (laughs) yeah
4: (laughs) i'm gonna say four i can think of three off the top of my head and i'm thinking there's just gonna be like the the i can i can think of the theatrical they released a director's cut in like the what 2000s or something then there's the final cut and maybe there's like a like television type cut where they you know replace some of the things so that there's no language or anything like that, if they consider that an official cut. Okay,
0: fuck it. I'm going four, then.
3: So we have a two-way
4: tie. Actually,
3: yeah, we have a two-way tie between Ben and Cameron. The answer was seven. Hell yeah. There are seven cuts nice. of this movie. That's and ridiculous. that that does not include TV cuts. So, like, when CBS goes in and edits it for time, or when they swap out words, that doesn't count. It's actually in the editing booth, Between the editor and Sir Ridley Scott going back and forth. And probably listening to Harrison Ford bitch outside the door. (laughs) Seven different cuts of this movie have been made. So the tie-breaking question. Between Ben and Cameron. Decker's handgun was sold at an auction in 2009. But for how much?
4: (laughs) Fuck. Closest without going over. All I had was $3. (laughs) dollars tree Uh, I'm... I'm going to say it went
2: for 2.48 million. Oh my god. I was going to say like $10,000. <laughs> so I'll say $10,000. That's a lot of money. 2 point million. Wow. <laughs> this movie's
4: popular. Sci-fi people popular. want it. Okay.
3: Cameron takes home the prize again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Ben's like twenty thousand gun didn't sell for two <laughs> and a half million dollars
3: Ben do you have a reason for 2.48 <laughs> million dollars <laughs> nope <$2. laughs>
2: his uncle nope, shooting from him. the hip
4: had no idea Just shooting from the had no idea <laughs>
3: well in 2009 so so the the gun actually went missing uh post-production they lost it quote unquote um rumored that somebody stole it from the set. And I don't remember the man's last name, but his first name is Jeff. And Jeff resurfaced with it in 2007 after the final cut came out and finally had it sold at an auction in 2009, where it has remained with the private investor who bought it for a price of $270,000. Huh.
1: That's still a lot of money.
2: I was wondering, I was basically between like, is it in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands? But I went on the low end to be safe.
3: Just short of 2.48 million. Thanks for playing everybody. (laughs) Cameron takes home the prize.
0: Those of us who have seen it wrote down our writings based on memory and nostalgia, and now I want to know if your writing has changed or not.
3: It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I remember watching it as a kid, and I remember not liking it at all. I didn't get it one bit, so I went into it thinking this was like a three or a four, somewhere in that range. Uh, Watching the movie, I don't think it was me watching it a second time. Maybe it's just me being older. There's a lot that this movie does that I enjoy. I like the the dark, rainy setting. Um, like I said, I'm a sucker for a painted background. I think they do that really well. I even think the story is pretty good. And the whole Decker twist at the end, uh, I enjoy quite a bit. The score got me, though. I'm okay with, like, the 80-cent score. But I think there were times, and maybe it was just this cut, where it doesn't... It, it didn't work great. It was It almost felt out of place, like there's like this serene kind of synth playing over top of a scene that I thought was more inquisitive or mysterious or something. Um, It's a good action sci-fi movie. Um, It's pretty deep. It might be a little R, I'm 14, and this is deep. Uh, So I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to give it a six. Good movie. You should give it a chance. It might not be for you.
1: It, it's been a while um, since since I've seen this. I, I can't even think of how many years, but um, kind of like what Zach was saying. Like I, you know, I I do like the like the dark, like rainy noir kind of feel to this movie with the, you know, with the neon glow. Um, like I said, like the the Pacific Rim feels, and uh, you know, for for it just also being like an uh, an action film. Uh, and kind of just i don't know what would i consider this uh a, a saturday night chill movie if it's on tv sure why not being a uh but also being like a decent sci-fi fan um you know it it was good i mean it was just overall you know it wasn't like blown away by it you know watching it again after so many years so uh yeah i'll give it a six
0: going in uh I, I, mean, I already kind of said this, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this movie. Uh, I give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I mean, th- this is like the perfect concoction for me. Uh, we have a neo-noir sci-fi film. Uh, it's moody. Uh, I love the harsh lighting. Uh, the cinematography is beautiful. Um, borrows from the movies that came before it, the old black and white detective films and brings its own characteristics with the water reflections, and I think Harrison Ford is a great lead actor. Uh, Deckard is the detective who you don't really know too much about, but you kind of go along with him. Um, I think it's kind of a deep movie. Um, It's definitely more thought provoking sci-fi than it is like an adventure film has a little horror elements at times. It's very dark and moody. And, uh, I, I mean, I love it. Every time I watch it, it, it grows on me. So, uh, with that, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. This is perfection. I think I, it's Ridley Scott's best film in my eyes. Uh, let
3: it be known. This is this is Dylan's first 10 out of 10.
4: Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh,
0: all the President's Men came close. It was 9.5. Yeah, but... 9.5.
2: Yeah.
4: Going into this episode, I had not seen Blade Runner. Um, I'd heard about it. Like I said, I read the book years ago, um, but I was kind of interested to see the movie and and i didn't really know much about it going into it other than harrison Ford's start in it uh that being said within the first 10 minutes of the movie i was very impressed and surprised at how much i was already enjoying it Uh, much like dylan i'm a big noir fan so that kind of a feeling grabbed at me immediately uh i liked kind of the way it balanced with the sci-fi genre um there were a couple things but like like zach said sometimes the synth music for me didn't line up and i don't know if it was just this cut uh you know this the interrogate i don't want to call it interrogation the scene where he gives the test to Rachel. Rachel seems like it is supposed to fade into him asking multiple questions, but it just kind of fades out all while he asks one question. Seems kind of weird to me. Um, I do want to say, though, the one thing that I I also really enjoyed about this movie was the acting by the actors and actresses playing the replicants. Like there's a lot of times you sometimes see an actor and they're acting kind of stiff and uncomfortable, but in this it, they almost did it intentionally and it, and it worked. Um, even like Sean Young's portrayal of Rachel, where she kind of acts slightly rigid and stiff to the point where you're, when they're doing the interrogation, it's kind of a, is she or isn't she? Um, but, Overall, I enjoyed the movie. I really liked it. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10.
2: Like I said at the top of this thing, I felt like I didn't personally get it. Like, I didn't really quite understand the movie, I think. Uh, Some of the nuances of, you know, like, for example, whether Decker is a uh, robot or not kind of went over my head. Um, And I'd like to, at some point again, watch it. Just to see if I can pick up on those details. The world building was great. the The atmosphere was really good. Um, being able to set that that tone was really nice. Um, but as others have said, um, you know, at least for me personally, the pacing was very slow. Uh, it kind of dragged a little bit. Uh, the plot was kind of murky a little bit. Like I, I. I didn't feel like it was like super exciting. Um, But maybe that's just not this type of movie, Um, which is fine. Um, Like I said, I I don't think I got it. Uh, So I think I'm going to give it a six and a half out of 10. I thought it was all right. I probably would increase my rating after watching it maybe another time, Um, especially after reading some things uh, like some people's opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, But I'm going to leave it at a six and a half for me. If you enjoyed this,
0: don't forget to rate and subscribe. Find us on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod and send us your movie and drink recommendations. Check out our sponsors, Surfside Sips or Audible. And don't forget to watch responsibly.